Hello, and welcome to the DC Fempreneur Podcast, a community for local DC area female entrepreneurs that collectively seek to combine and share skills, knowledge, and expertise to help impact and grow their businesses to make them more purposeful, profitable, and sustainable. Hi, Lisa Shapiro here with the DC Fempreneur podcast. And today I am here with Danielle of the Danielle Daily. She's an author, anthropologist, TEDx speaker, and podcaster herself. She is going to uh, give us a little bit of insight about some things that she's working on that's super exciting. Um, She and I have been friends for a few years now, and... Of course, in, in very friendship-like fashion, everything that she has done or I have done, we have found a way to support each other. So, um, of course, I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Oh, my goodness. So when Lisa walked in today, she said something about me that really touched my heart and Aww. that I want I want everybody to hear. And she said that one of the things I am best known for is relentless innovation. Yes. Just always coming up with a new idea, always have a new spin on things. And most of the things that come out of my mouth that are brilliant, and this is probably the same for many of our listeners, I don't realize they're brilliant because they are pretty much Captain Obvious to me. It's just the way I think. I'm always coming up with new angles for approaching things. So I'm always coming up with a new idea. And the thing that we're going to talk the most about today, how to pre-promote yourself, actually came out of a post chat on a different podcast that I was being interviewed on about a year and a half ago. And the the host was saying, you know, I just love the way that you have promoted my show before you've even been on it. And you're so masterful at doing that. And I was like, oh, really? That doesn't <laughs> seem like a big deal. That's just how I do things. And so I actually sat down and wrote down how I had pre-promoted his show and how I tend to do that naturally and organically. And it landed me a bunch of speaking gigs and other podcast interviews. And it's just a great example of how something that we do naturally and then it is entirely brilliant and will help other people doesn't always occur to us as brilliant until somebody else points it out. Yeah. I mean, I've attended one of your talks where you talked about the free promotion Mm -hmm. and like the different kind of voices. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of voice do you think is the most common or like the most natural? So the most common and the most natural are very different. The the voice that is most common in social media is the enthusiast voice. And there are really three primary voices, the enthusiast, the sage, and the researcher. And people tend to fall back on this enthusiast voice because they see it on all the social media channels and they feel like it, because they see it all the time, it must be working. Yeah. But we've all been scrolling through our feed and read something by somebody that we know, or maybe even if we're highly intuitive, somebody that we don't know. And the way they have written it is just repulsive to us. We can't back up (laughs) fast enough. We're like, something about this is grossing me out. It feels yucky. And in fact, it probably feels yucky to the person writing it because they've put on this uh, fake voice or this mask of this enthusiast voice and everything is exclamation points. It's really common to see this with people who are in social marketing businesses because mm-hmm. they get trained how to show this enthusiasm. And if that's not authentic and natural to you, it feels like 
you've been vomited on yes. <laughs> uh, if, as a as a viewer or as a receiver of that. If you know that person and suddenly you're just grossed out and you can't back up fast enough. So if you want to know which which voice is the most common, mm -hmm. at least among the women entrepreneurs that I've worked with on voice, it's actually the sage. And I found that the reason that voice isn't being heard and isn't being used is because women are really afraid of giving a strong opinion or mm -hmm. taking a stand on something because that opens them up to pushback. Right. So they'll put out these enthusiast posts and they'll be like, well, everybody's ignoring me. And then I will show them how to write in the sage voice. And then they're, they're afraid because then people are going to criticize them. So they feel like their choices are, am I going to be ignored or am I going to be criticized? Oh, but there's that middle place. If you can figure out how to speak without, you don't have to be controversial to be, to be a sage, but if you can speak without falling into something that isn't you and that mm -hmm. doesn't sound like you, people will actually respect what you have to say, even if they don't agree with it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, so like a sage voice is somebody that is coming from essentially a, um, from a place of authority in a way, mm -hmm. right? So they're speaking about something they know well, probably their business. Yeah. And um, I would think, yeah, I can see how that would be the most natural for a lot of us because yeah. we're most comfortable talking about ourselves because mm -hmm. who knows you better than yourself and your business. Well, you know, what's funny is very few people I found are actually comfortable talking about themselves, <laughs> but they are often comfortable talking about their experience and what they know sure. or what their product is. Sometimes that takes some getting comfortable, but actually talking about oneself and one's credibility and one's characteristics mm. is really challenging for people. And that was a big surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've um, had to write a few bios in my day mm -hmm. and they're not very complimentary, are they? It's like we have a really hard time tooting our own horn. Yes. People tend to downplay their skill sets and what makes them amazing and brilliant, or they'll state things in a way that's very dry and factual, mm -hmm. but then you, you meet the person and they're a bright, shiny object and you're like what they wrote and who they are are not in alignment and yeah. there are ways that you can bring those things together so that everything you're expressing whether it's your bio whether it's your social media posts whether it's a video you're doing or you're talking about a product that you've created or a service it's in alignment with your inner voice and bringing that expression of you out into everything you do so that those right people who are your people and want what you have are connecting with you in that genuine way. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much the same person on social media as I am in person. I don't think there's any disconnect there. I probably am a cross between the enthusiast and the sage, but um, if the sage is more, uh, if it's more authentic or if it's a better place to be, how do you, um, so for someone like myself, who's kind of a natural extrovert, mm -hmm. uh, and we're always excited about what we're doing, how do we change our voice so that we feel like we can be heard? So it's not about choosing the voice that will get the most attention or that you think you'll be heard. It's, yeah. it's finding the one that's really natural to you. And so learning to express that has some nuances and you don't have to 
express everything in an enthusiastic exclamation point way. If you're an enthusiast, people get the wrong idea. They think, oh, I have to end every sentence I say with an exclamation point. <laughs> That's not true. It's more the tone of what you're saying and how you're expressing it. One of the fun ways that you can express something as an enthusiast without ever using an exclamation point is to actually say something that's very quick and gives a lot of examples in a really fast sort of way. And it, it conveys this air of enthusiasm. So a lot of people see that and go, well, I want to be that. And they, they're like, how can I be more of an enthusiast? Or I want to find out more about my customers. So how can I sound like a researcher? Mm -hmm. But the idea is that you can actually ask questions as an enthusiast, as a sage. And people who are sages tend to be afraid of asking questions because they're afraid it will undercut their authority. But there's ways of doing it that engage your people naturally and get you that, that back and forth with people without having to sort of beat them over the head with, with exclamation points. Okay. So we've talked about the enthusiast and we've talked about the stage, but we haven't heard about researcher or the other. So tell us essentially the, the voices and how to distinguish between them. Yep. So there's the enthusiast who sounds like an exclamation point. There's the sage who sounds like a period. And then the third voice is the researcher. And the researcher sounds like a question mark. And the researcher so far is the rarest voice that I have found out there. I, I have worked with people who are researchers, but far more sages and actually very few enthusiasts because enthusiasts have so many examples of how to use their voice on social media. It's out there everywhere. They can mimic it and get by with it pretty easily. That sage voice needs some developing. But the researcher is so interesting because it's not about going out there and asking, you know, what do you think about this or how do you do that? It's more of a comparing notes voice. It's like, hey, guys, I noticed this thing. Oh. And here's an example of how I've noticed it. And you don't even... I have to ask an actual question for people to engage with that when that's your natural voice. They're excited that you're you're sort of sharing some information with them. You've been taking notes, you've been making some observations, and by putting it out there, your right people will actually be like, I've noticed that too. I have noticed that and it's bothering me. Or <laughs> I want to know more about that because I've been curious. And by presenting that information from your authentic voice, it automatically it builds your credibility mm -hmm. as an expert with that. Whereas if somebody is a researcher and they're out there trying to be an enthusiast and like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I found out about this and I learned this and blah, 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 blah schedule a discovery call with me. Yay. Everybody backs up and goes, I don't want any part of that. And they yeah. wonder why yeah. they're not getting that engagement and they're not getting their discovery calls and they're not booking clients. It's not that their information isn't good. It's not that they aren't credible. It's not that they aren't knowledgeable. It's that they're expressing themselves in a voice that is repelling others because we can all feel that that's not who they are. They're more of a curious soul. Oh, okay. So it's, the people are backing up or over these sort of posts because they know it's not really in alignment with the person who they are in real life. Exactly. And so it automatically knocks down your trust factor. And many of us are far more intuitive than we realize. We can read even a sponsored ad on social media and just feel in our gut that 
that doesn't feel right when we read something. So even if you don't know somebody, if you're an intuitive person, you can probably feel that what they're saying and who they are are out of alignment. And when you're hiring somebody for a service or you're wanting to buy their product, unless it's a, a larger company, somebody like Coca-Cola doesn't have to be authentic because there's not one person. Sure. But if you're a solopreneur or you're a small business, having that alignment, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for somebody to trust. Yeah. They're looking for somebody they can believe in. And when you're upfront, giving them reasons to back up, mm -hmm. they're not going to go any further with learning about what you do or how you do it or why you're credible, why you're the best person to help them. Yeah. I remember when we um, had you speak at the event here at Rowan Tree, mm -hmm. um, Mary Sue Dahill came, she stood right up and, and was willing to be an example. Yep. I wish I had remembered what she said, but... Um, just hearing her kind of say off cuff what she would post and then your response of how to tweak that, right. it showed the entire room really the difference of just a few words. Right. And even before I tweaked it for her, as she was saying what she was saying, because she was trying to use a researcher voice, she was trying to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Everybody in the room you could just feel we were all just kind of like, ick. Oh, I remember. We don't want to hear that. Yeah. And then when I gave her a few tweaks that showed her that she was a sage voice, that she had a strong position, and by offering that strong position, it automatically engaged people and made them curious. Even if they didn't need what she had, they wanted to hear more yeah. because it's so rare for someone to be using that authentic voice. I remember now. She was saying something like, what um like what would it be worth to you yes if, oh. <laughs> if you could uh if i could take these things off your plate or or what would it be worth to you if i could show you a way to um like automate these things that are taking up your time or something and you're right everybody was not really very receptive to that but i i think um i don't remember what the end result is but um but Mary Sue is like really, really good at what she does. Very. And um, I I recommend her like highly to everyone I meet. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't had a single phone call or meeting with her where I didn't go away feeling like I had a whole list of things to do that I know would help me be more productive. And that's such a great example of how here's someone who has all the knowledge, all the credibility can do anything and everything that she says she can do, but the way that she was approaching it yeah. was blocking people right up front from wanting to engage with her. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is kind of interesting. I was thinking about this on the way here. Like when I initially expressed interest, this was probably last fall mm -hmm. uh, of when I said, Oh, I was thinking about starting a podcast and you said, you know, look, don't overthink it. Like you actually know me. <laughs> You're like, look, don't overthink it. Just download the app and just get started. It took me a couple of months, but one day I just did it. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember I recorded an episode or maybe even two. And I remember launching it on social media and be like, hey, I, I did this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't do any pre-promotion. Mm -hmm. um, but when I go back and look at the analytics for that day that I announced the podcast, mm -hmm. it was really, really, really high. Nice. So is it too late to do it at that point when you've already, like, as we say, do, done the thing? Like, we did the thing. So is it too late uh, after you've already done it to 
to go back and do pre-promotion? It's never too late to do pre-promotion. Okay. I, I would love to come up with a better term that would more succinctly and correctly express what it is I'm talking about. So it's great if you know that you're going to do something and you're kind of putting it out there as a marker and then you can be talking about it until you get to that release date. Yeah. But even if you've already released something, you're probably able to go back and share about the process that you went through to get there oh. or the things that you're going to be doing to continue to develop it. So uh, the, there are at least seven ways that you can pre-promote anything. And several of the talks I've given have been for podcasters and how they can pre-promote their content because they have episodic content generally comes out once a week or once a month, something like that. And you can be pre-promoting every episode. So just because your show is already out doesn't mean that you can't be pre-promoting every episode. And there's a process for that. That's really simple, and there are way more than seven ways to do it, but there are seven that you can just kind of use over and over and over again, and they, they just make sense because they're how we would share about the development of, say, say you were having a baby. Yeah. You would share about your excitement when you find out you're pregnant, right? And then you would share about the baby's development. And there would be more things along the way to actually delivering that baby and That's finding true. out when your delivery date is and all those things. And then the gender announcement. Yes, yeah. all these things that we organically share. And in the end, then you share that the baby's here, right? Mm -hmm. But there, you don't just share when the baby's here and you don't just share, Hey, I'm pregnant. And now the baby's here. There's all these things in between. Yeah. And it's the same thing with marketing your podcast, marketing your service, marketing your product. And when you use these steps, it's just organic. It's, it's mirroring how we humans like to engage with something that's in development. So it like tells the story of a process or something that you're working on. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I now that I think about it, I don't think I, announced anywhere on Facebook or Instagram how excited I was to have you on the podcast today. Well, <laughs> but I, I'll probably release it later today or tomorrow, but I can do that like later today. And normally I would have pre-promoted as well, but I was at the beach and yes. not doing any kind of pre-promotion or I would have gone through my process. Yeah. Yeah. But how, um, how you're speaking with that person today mm -hmm. and this is what you're going to talk about Yep. and it'll be released on this day or, yep. or whatever. Yep. That makes sense. Okay, so is there anywhere that exists for the listener who wants to hear about these seven steps? Yes, um, I can go through them really quickly here. Sure. But there's also some other podcasts that I've been interviewed on. I can give you the notes and you can put those in the show notes later if you sure. want to or in the social media posts. But um, basically, the first time you think of an idea, something that you want to share, even if you're not entirely sure that you'll ever get there, the, the example I give is, Imagine you have a podcast and you want to interview Beyonce yeah. and you're not sure if you're ever going to actually be able to do that. There's nothing wrong with sharing your enthusiasm for the idea. And the reason being is when you put something out there like that, you never know what other avenues might open up that would lead to that actually happening where if you never put it out there, it might not happen because you'd just be using your own resources. I have a really great example of this. So I know you know Jen Crawford. Yes. And she and I had uh, a phone call similar to what we do, like when we have tea or yep. we go on our walks. And we were just having a chat and she was saying about how, um, 
you know, why don't I have a, a sponsor for the, the podcast? And mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm still building up my analytics. And she says, well, that doesn't matter. Like the person who um, is interested in your audience would be willing to be a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Well, in a very Danielle pre-promotion like <laughs> fashion, I put it on my Facebook page that I thought we were going to have our very first sponsor. Mm -hmm. That same day, I got more than two messages yep. asking for like information of what they would get if they signed up to be a sponsor. Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea. It didn't even occur to me. Yep. That's the power of it. it. You're opening yourself up to possibility and opportunity and you just never know what's going to come in through that door. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still in awe about it. Like I didn't, I wish I had thought of it sooner. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you first have an idea and then when you take first action. So for Lisa, that would have looked like I signed up with my podcast provider or whatever that first step was, or I decide on the name of my podcast, yeah. any kind of first step or action. Yeah. Simple. Uh, third opportunity would be when you've set, let people know when you've set aside time to work on whatever it is you said you were going to work on. So, Hey, I'm sitting down today to write out the mission statement for the DC Fempreneur podcast, or I, sat down and I looked at my calendar and I've decided I'm going to be doing interviews on Mondays and Wednesdays, just sharing that process with people. Again, super simple. You've already got three chances here to pre-promote something yes. and you haven't even created it yet, right? This is just how we would normally do things if we weren't all wrapped around the axle about it being a service or product or something businessy, right? We, right. we wouldn't think twice about doing it. Now, the fourth opportunity is right before you actually do something with it. So for you, that would be, hey, I'm, I am about to sit down with Danielle Daly, and I'm going to interview her about this or that. And that's something I've definitely seen you doing with the different episodes of the podcast is yeah, I'm sharing my eagerness to, to do this thing. So there's yeah. four opportunities, and you see Lisa do it all the time. If you're a fan, definitely be looking at her page because you'll see where she's putting this step into action. And then your fifth opportunity is right after you've done it. So even if you've missed the first four opportunities, you've still got five, six, and seven. That's right. So I just sat down with Danielle Daly and I interviewed her. And here's what we talked about. Just a little snippet. Don't give it all away. And and that was amazing. And I think you're great at that because I can imagine as soon as we leave this room, mm -hmm. we'll have somebody take our picture. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to say, we just got finished recording you know, a episode for the DC Fempreneur podcast and where we, Danielle talks about, you know, her pre-promotion and the voices mm -hmm. and the steps to do that. And, you know, it will be released on blah, blah, blah day and look for it then. So that's a great step. So the sixth step is actually announcing the release date. So I would break those up into two. Oh. I would, because it gives me a little bit more opportunity. And a lot of times when you finish something, you don't know exactly when it's going to be released. When I uh, record the Suddenly Single show, I don't know exactly what order things are going in. I will tell my guests, hey, you're going to come out sometime in the fall or you're going to come out in season two, but I don't have the exact date. So I don't give it to them. Now, some people might be more organized and they want to give all that information. These are not hard and fast steps. You don't have to do them this way, but I personally break up, hey, here's what I just did, and then here's when it's going to be available. And then the seventh opportunity, and again, like I said, there are millions of opportunities in between here. These are just seven that are really 
obvious once you think about how you would naturally share something that was personal to you, like the development of a baby. It would be the day before you let it out there into the world teaser. Hey, mm-hmm. this is coming out tomorrow. There's a new episode of DC Fempreneur podcast coming out tomorrow. And that's seven opportunities. And none of those feel weird or gross. You're right. Because that's how we share information as humans. None of it feels salesy. None of it feels like hype. There's a real difference between hype and just sharing, right? Yeah, yeah. And we talked about how a little bit how you and I would share things because we both have enthusiast voice. Now, sages would go through that same series of steps, but they would present the information slightly differently. And somebody who has a researcher voice would present that information slightly differently. So if we go back to the example of Beyonce, we would say as an enthusiast, you know, I'm excited to try to interview Beyonce. And it would have an exclamation point because we're sharing our enthusiasm for that. For sure. For somebody who's a sage voice, they would say something like, I've decided I'm going to interview Beyonce, period. And then let other people go wild about it. They don't wow. need to go wild okay. about it. That You'll be surprised what great um, engagement a post like that from somebody who's truly a sage will get. And then somebody who has a researcher voice might say, I'm thinking about interviewing Beyonce. And that would end with a question mark. It's all the same information. We're just conveying it slightly differently so that it's the right tone for our authentic voice. Yeah, I think that what's really interesting about that is I'm a professional marketer. Like Mm -hmm. I've done it for more than 10 years. And out of your seven steps, I would have only thought of maybe four tops. Mm -hmm. And that's if I had actually, and I'm a very organized person as my planner sits over there. (laughs) Like I would have only thought of, you know, if I had strategically laid it out, how many times do we have the time to strategically think about how we're going to promote something that we're working on? Usually we're so busy doing, 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 right. We don't plan or, or be very strategic about it. But I think that, um, if somebody gets in the habit of these steps, it might really almost become second nature. It really does. You you're doing things at a more human level rather than at a marketer level or a sales level. When you get into these steps, you're like, this just feels normal and natural. People do often express concern that, Oh, I'm going to bore people. I'm going to annoy people, but you really won't. If you are doing this in a way that you're not motivated to make anyone do anything, Mm -hmm. you're just sharing the information because it, you're sharing your behind the scenes process and people love behind the scenes, right? They let me ask to... you something about this. Cause I've been called out on it on mm-hmm. Facebook before it's called vague booking. Uh-huh. Right. So it, you put something out there where it's like, uh, and you've made me insane about this for like a year and a half where you'll put something that you like, you just come up with an idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you'll be like, Oh, I, I have an idea. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, Like, let's say you are going to partner with someone and start a new podcast about business, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just putting the idea out there. But if you don't even mention it's a podcast or that you're working with someone else, everybody and their mother comments how 
your vague booking and they're annoyed because you won't just tell them what it is. So this is a great example. You have to give enough detail so that people understand what it is. Think of it this way. Okay. If Facebook was going to bring this up as a memory a year from now, would you be able to identify what it was you were working on? Oh. That's the difference. So you will often see me post something and you're like, just tell me, but you know what it has to do with. It has to do with a boy or it has to do with a business idea or it has to do with somewhere I'm going yeah. or something I've bought, right? Or a professional accomplishment that I haven't announced yet, but you know the context of it. Giving people the context of it is what keeps them from going, you're just you know, dangling something here to annoy me and to instead leaning in and salivating. They can't wait for the next bit of information because they have an idea of what they're going to get, but they don't know the exact details. Yeah. And I think I've sense? asked you this before, but I want to help the listener understand like the difference between, or not the difference, but addressing the fear mm -hmm. of putting something out there mm -hmm. that you feel like somebody if you steal their idea, mm -hmm. you know, like I was on the phone with another community organizer this morning. Mm -hmm. And I said that, um, you know, on August 25th, I was having this uh, back to business brunch. Mm -hmm. Soon as it came out of my mouth, I thought, thought to myself, oh, shoot, what if she decides she wants to host a back to business brunch? But then I thought to myself, well, so what? Because I've already put it out there. Mm -hmm. I already have shipped. Um, done a, uh, a save the date kind of graphic and all of that. But how do you address the person who says, well, Danielle, I would talk about my ideas more when I think of them, but I'm too afraid that somebody will take my idea. So I would say a couple of things. One, some people are never going to be comfortable putting something out there until it's locked down because of bad experiences they've had or just their personality. But I encourage you to try it with things that don't really matter okay. so that you can get comfortable with it. Don't start with your prize trademarkable <laughs> idea, putting it out there. Put out something that maybe doesn't matter that much. And the thing is, is that Honestly, most people are too lazy to steal your idea. <laughs> they won't follow through. I, I've had several people who have copied me over the years, but they haven't stolen my idea. Yeah. They've, they've been inspired and it does get annoying. I'm an eldest child. And so anybody copying me, it feels like having a little sister who just wants to do what I want to do. Yeah, and yeah. It is annoying, but I have to remind myself that imitation is the highest form of flattery. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't chat my hide sometimes when I'm like, you're doing that because I did that. It's so annoying. But you have but you have to just do it anyways, because if you don't put your stuff out there, you're never going to know if it's good or not. And sometimes the best way to know that it's good is for somebody else to do it too. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I say all the time, like I think we went back to this in the beginning about how you're super, super innovative mm -hmm. and you're not afraid to just give something a try and put it out there and see if it sticks. And, um, Oh, uh, tell me a little bit about one of those programs that you recently developed. So, I mean, you've done all kinds of things, <laughs> um, you know, from your early, like early days as an anthropologist where you launched the purse process mm -hmm. and um, you kind of decided that you were moving on from that. And then you wrote your book, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, I, I, and what's interesting about what came out of the book is now, um, your voice is available on Alexa. K 
can, I don't own, I don't own it, but can you tell the listener who, who may have one, like how to, how to hear that? Yeah. So my book is titled Dear Self, I Love You, Keep Going. And I wrote it as I was going through the grieving process over my marriage. So I was going through a divorce and I was so just broken inside. Um, it was really hard and I wanted to take a positive approach to it. And, and I didn't actually sit out to plan that I was going to write a book or anything. I just one day found myself saying loving things to myself Aww. in the mirror, like a crazy person. <laughs> and I, I wanted to remember that feeling of loving myself in that really profound way in a time that was kind of the worst moment of my life. And so I posted on Facebook and people loved it. And I needed that hit of people affirming me and loving me. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I'll write one tomorrow. And then they loved that one. And I just kept writing them because I needed that punch of people saying, Oh, I love this. I love this. And I was just like soaking it in because I wasn't being loved in any area, other area of my life. And so to get it that way was important. So after about three months, I realized, oh, if I write one of these little notes every day, I'll have a book. Cool. So I did. And then after the book was published, I realized that there was this Alexa thing happening and that you could build a skill. And so I built this flash briefing and it's called Dear Self. And if you have an Alexa enabled device, you can add that through the skill store. Again, it's called Dear Self. And when you ask your Alexa device, hey, what's the news? Or Alexa, what's my flash briefing? If you've added Dear Self to that, it will give you a perky, happy sounding little note for your day that will get you going in a really positive way. And it's they're all taken, not all, most of them are taken from my book. Occasionally, I will go on Facebook and ask people for their wisdom. And then I will read those Dear Self notes into the app. And wow. Yeah, it's a lot of it's fun. It's called a flash briefing? It's called a flash briefing. So if I had one of these devices, I would say... Hey, Alexa, read a flash briefing. So you could say, what's my flash briefing or Alexa, what's the news? But you have to actually go into the Amazon store first and you go go to the skills. So on the left-hand side, you can search for the different departments, whether that's apparel or all or whatever. Oh my gosh, There's one that says it. skills. Yeah. and Or even if you just search Dear Self, I think you'll find it. But it's, it's faster if you just select skills on the left-hand side drop down and then put in Dear Self. And it's this beautiful pink little dot and it says by the Danielle daily. And I, I read those in every day and you get a little note that says, dear self, something happy, positive, love me. That is so sweet. Yeah. I love it. I, I don't know how you thought of that. I mean, it's, I, that is insane. I, I honestly can't remember how I thought of that one either. And it, you know, it was simpler to develop than I thought it would be, but it was still a new skill set that I had to learn. Luckily, I already know how to do audio because I have my own show and I've been on numerous podcasts over the year. So the audio part wasn't a barrier, but actually getting the feed and getting it ready to go on and you have to have an approval process through Amazon to get it out there. I guess the idea probably came from, well, this is a daily note Mm -hmm. and people look for daily news and my name is the Danielle Daily. So it just all made sense for, for people to have that. And I know that people really like hearing my voice because it just has something to it that makes them feel good. Yes. Even though I don't particularly well, it's love my voice. It's positive. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That's I, mean, I think the only thing that those people are missing is your smile because uh, it's, it's a different experience. You know what I, I have to say? 
you post a lot of stuff on Facebook where you're asking questions like mm-hmm. avocado or, or banana or, uh-huh. but we miss the pictures. We miss the, you know, and you've been on vacation. Yep. And so we, we're missing the, we need that, that dose of D you need the, yes. The vitamin D, the vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> so just this morning, it was funny. There were people here at the co-working space where Lisa and I are recording and I was in our little phone booth doing uh, one of the mentorships that I do. So I do something called the 10 minute mentorship where people who have a basic business question or need to put something new out there and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to say it. I help them. It's really quick. And somebody out here heard me in there laughing and talking to my person. And I always have to go in the phone booth, even for a personal call, even though we're allowed to talk on the floor because I'm really loud and my voice projects. And he said, what were you, Dan, yelling about in the phone booth? And so now we have another fun expression of Dan yelling. Dan, Y-E-L-L-I-N-G, Dan Dan yelling. That is adorable. It was adorable. Thank you, Ben. That was really cute. I I think it's going to end up becoming something. Oh, absolutely. Dan yelling is already a a t-shirt. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'll be Dan yelling at people all the time. And it's, it's, I have a way of saying things that are sometimes hard for people to hear, like this is terrible and you need to change it, yeah. but in such a loving way and that they can feel that I care about them and that I'm concerned and that I want them to succeed, even though I might have to tell them something that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been, um, I've had friends since elementary school that said, I really don't sugarcoat much myself. Mm-hmm. So it is absolutely not just what you say, but how you say it. And, um, I I think it, I think people really do like that honesty. Yeah. And I know you call it a trust factor. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that when people know exactly who you are Mm -hmm. and where you're coming from, you know, when they're really ready for some true advice or some truth Mm -hmm. to what they're asking, they know who to go to. They really do. Mm-hmm. I agree. So tell us what you're working on right now. Is there um, an upcoming event or an upcoming project, something that you can pre-promote to oh, us? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I'm definitely working on expanding the 10-minute mentorship. So that was a crazy idea that came to me in the bathtub. That but totally were- stuck, like a needle yes, on the wall. it did. It did. I ran a pilot of it. People loved it. And then I was like, okay, I guess I can start charging for this. And people signed up, which was amazing. Um, I want to expand that out because right now when people sign up for a mentorship, they have to use that mentorship within a one week time period. They're just buying a week mm-hmm. and I want to expand it into mentorship on tap so that people who I've already worked with and I kind of know their background over a month period, if they can ask me a certain number of questions and get a certain number of, of hours or minutes of my time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be great. Um, another thing I'm working on is I have been asked to speak on a panel of TEDx speakers in Washington, D.C. later this summer. So very excited about that. Um, always looking to speak more about, you know, being resilient, being positive, um, sharing my story about how I found myself suddenly single and the suddenly single show is my podcast. Um, what else? I don't know. I got back from the beach just recently. So my brain's a, a little bit of mush. I, I will definitely be doing some more speaking from stage and always looking to be interviewed about business, about being a strong female, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you definitely, um, project that sort of, not sort of, but you project that personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the red lips and the pearls don't 
don't hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, I will promise, uh, I'll promise to help the listener find you by, um, adding some information in the show notes website or information about the seven steps and the voices. Um, but if there's anything else, I guess I just want to leave people with, because I know that many of our listeners are female entrepreneurs. Yes, they are. Please stop fearing making a mistake. Go out there and deliberately make some mistakes so that you can learn what it feels like to recover from them. I make mistakes all the time. I put things out there that fail. I say things that are stupid because I haven't thought them through. Um, but I know that no matter how badly I screw up, I can recover. Yeah. And, and when you build that strength and that ability to just let it go, go, yeah, that was a mistake oops, <laughs> and just do it again. And you realize that people are really not generally judging you that harshly. They actually are cheering for you because they see how courageous and brave you're being putting yourself out there over and over again. It, it will give you so much personal power. There is so much power available to you when you just realize that you've got to learn just like anybody else and being willing to do it out there in front of people will gain you enormous respect in ways that you can't get by just dancing out there when you've got everything all perfectly in place. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. Like you have definitely carved out, you know, um, the type of person where somebody acknowledges that you're, they don't say, Oh, she tries and fails. They say, no, she's innovative. Yeah. And she puts herself out there mm -hmm. and she gives it her all and she tries different things. Like I haven't ever, and I know everybody in this town and I've never heard anybody say a single bad word about you ever. And that's not because I'm perfect or never make mistakes. It's, right. it's not like, oh, Danielle, she does everything right. It's, <laughs> oh, Danielle, she's doing it. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. I, I think the whole, um, and I'm glad that when I, came to you with the, not idea, but when I was thinking about um, launching the podcast, you literally said to me, don't overthink it, mm -hmm. you know, just download your, download the app on your phone and just do it and get started. Yep. And then one day I got a wild hair and I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, today will be the um, 11th episode. And you Ooh. know, like it's my lucky number. 11. That it's is like a lucky favorite. number. I, I love that. Number. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I will, um, I'll be sure to let all the listeners know um, how to, you know, access you and find your work. Um, I know uh, about the 10 minute uh, mentorships that you're feeling those super fast. So mm -hmm. I'll make sure to put your contact information in the show notes. But again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. It was happy super to. fun. Yeah. Thank you. Are you suffering from small business overwhelm? Is nothing getting accomplished because you have no idea what to focus on first? Well, guess what? Our new sponsor, Sparence, handles all of those to-do lists like the mom bosses they are. The mother of all virtual agency. All projects performed by stay-at-home moms and dads with a laundry list of spare skills. We call them Sparence. You can book a free consultation to find out what they can do for you on their website at meetthesparents.asme or go to their website, sparent.co. Special thanks to Jennifer Crawford for her support and, of course, being the creator and founder of DC Podcast Fest.